Hey everyone, today is a uh, non-pre-written podcast. Um, I'll be talking about, I'll be comparing uh, the epic fantasy series that I have personally read. So Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, the A Song of Ice and Fire, also known as Game of Thrones, um, and another lesser known one that's called the Malazan Book of the Fallen. Um, so let's get started. Okay, so all of these um, are high fantasy uh, books. Uh, Lord of the Rings can be maybe not for kids, but it's for teens for sure, and for adults. Uh, whereas A Song of Ice and Fire and Malazan for Book of the Fallen are certainly for um, you know young adults and adults. They have a lot of swearing, sex, um, violence everywhere. And um, and I would say they're generally harder to follow for than maybe what would be possible for a young person. Um, uh, okay, so I don't know, Lord of the Rings. Let's start with that. Uh, I've read that twice: once as a kid, uh, another time, and other time as a teen. Um, Lord of the Rings is amazing. It's it's super deep. Uh, Tolkien was a genius. He um, a lot of it was inspired by his experience in World War One, which is probably why uh, very few female characters um, appear in the books, uh, and the ones that do have a very minor role. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's it was groundbreaking. It absolutely was and is groundbreaking. It's amazing. He created a whole language for the, these books. Um, and like it actually fleshed out language, not just like a few lines for a random language. Like it had nouns for everything, its whole grammar structure. Um, I believe it was based on uh, maybe Icelandic or s- something like that. I could be wrong. Danish, maybe. Um, but that's that's amazing. Like the. All the names for the characters are derived from, you know, the old English version of that name. And the characters are all... They're interesting in their own ways, but the story is very, uh... I don't know. uh, Two-dimensional, in a sense. Like, it's not two-dimensional. Okay, that's the wrong descriptor. Maybe just it's good versus evil. It's very clear good good and very clear evil. Um... Not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but I believe the approach in the other two high fantasy ones that I'm going to talk about today um, um, are not clearly good versus evil by contrast, and I think this makes for a much more interesting read. Um, huh? What else? What else about Lord of the Rings? Oh yeah, Lord of the Rings has songs in it. Uh, so does the Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, Malazan in the book Book of the Fallen doesn't. It does have poetry in it at the beginning of every chapter, which is which is good. It's it's good. Some people say it's amazing. Some people say they skip it. They don't even read it. Uh, all both of these opinions have some merit in my mind. But yeah, the the songs in Lord of the Rings are cool. I personally, when I was reading them. Um, I would skip the songs. I skipped the songs on my second read, and the first because the first time 
I read them, I would read it, the song would be, you know, half page to a page long, and I'd be singing the song in the cadence of the, uh, of the song. And I would sing it, and I'd be like, oh, you know, the, the grass was blowing, the wind was this, the na 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 And whatever tune I had come up with in my head, after the song ended, I would find myself reading the rest of the words, like uh, the rest of the the prose, the, the, the part of the book that isn't the song in the cadence of the song. And then I would read like a page like this and I realized, oh my god, I barely, it barely even took in what happened. I'm more trying to make the cadence of the song work in my head than retain the information of what I am reading. And I don't know, at the time, especially I was a young kid i didn't really care about the song part of the of the books i guess i wanted to get to the cool battles and dragons um and spiders and all that i don't know maybe if i read it now i would feel differently i'm not sure i'm not sure oh yeah one more other thing i think another book series that deserves to be included in this discussion is uh the wheel of time series by Robert Jordan, and then uh, later by finished by Brandon Saunderson due to Robert Jordan's death. However, I have not read this series, so obviously I, I'm not really qualified to talk about it, so I won't. Right, okay, so back to the main three. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the writing, the prose, the... There's a lot of exposition, obviously. Uh, tons of exposition. It was... It's kind of spoon-fed to the reader, if you will. Um, a lot of... There's even, like, uh, like a, a pro... Not even a prologue. It's like a warm-up to the world. That's at the beginning of the first entry. Uh, and it just says, oh, these are the hobbits. These are the sh- this is the Shire. This is this. This is that. Um, and it basically just gives you an idea of the world before you start actually reading anything. Uh, and this is understandable. Uh, when this came out, this is way back in, I think, the 50s. I'm going to double-check that, but I think it was then. And nothing had ever come out like this before. Um, this is completely, you know, new stuff for the time. No one's, no one had, no one had written anything this deep, this complex, in a completely alien world uh, that is Middle-earth. So, so I guess that's understandable. These days, fantasy authors don't, or they can't get away with, with, I guess these kinds of info dumps, let's call them. But yeah, anyway, so the story is really cool. The hobbits are awesome. Uh, the dwarves are cool. The, the elves are cool. The orcs. It's got all those classic uh, tropes, if you will. Uh, the unwitting farm boy hero that you will see in everything. Um, Star Wars is a great example of that. The, the reluctant farm boy that has never seen the outside of Tatooine, that's just being exposed to everything for the first time. You know, obviously to mirror the reader's own experience of also being the first one to be exposed to this world. But, like, you know, again, that's fine because it was the first work of this kind. And, and this this cliche, or I guess this was made into a cliche by, uh, you know, by tons of subsequent work emulating the Lord of the Rings. 
Um, some would argue that the Wheel of Time is such a thing. Again, I can't argue that because I have not read those books. What else? It's, uh, you know, it is. It's it's for kids. You can tell. There's not not a lot of characters die. Oh yeah, spoiler alert for everything. I'm gonna. I'm not really gonna really care about Lord of the Rings spoilers because I feel like everyone's read that. But I'm gonna try to keep a lot of the. A Song of Ice and Fire and Malazan stuff spoiler free. So if you have not read those, don't don't think that you can't listen to this. Uh, what else about Lord of the Rings? Uh, the magic system, the, or first of all, the world. The world is cool. It's amazing. It's uh, you know the Shire is awesome. Mordor is awesome. Uh, the Ents, um, the Eagles, the Tom Bombadil is cool. The Prancing Pony in obviously the in cliche again wasn't a cliche at the time of writing so a lot of these stuff that kind of feels cliche in lord of the rings we can't really judge it for i guess but when we're making i guess apples to apples comparisons between these books i guess we sort of can and will and yeah oh yeah the characters uh frodo is cool samwise is amazing uh, gandalf is gold and but again, it's a lot of dudes. It's a lot of uh, a lot of the characters are similar in a sense, um, especially the ones within their own races. But I guess that's again part of the, I guess the charm of the world. Uh, and it's, it's 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 good. It is. It's it's great literature. Uh, I think all of these series that I'm talking about today are good, and that's why I'm talking about them. But, you know, it's 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 great. What am I saying? It's not good. It's great. Uh, so let's move on now. By contrast, A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin, also known as Game of Thrones. Um, I've only read the first five books in this series, and so has everyone else, because that's all that's out right now. There's supposed to be seven. Uh, currently, there's five. The show, which is based on the series, uh, ran ahead of the books. And probably spoiled a few things, and uh, but the show is a whole other beast that we can talk about later. The books, the books, the books. Okay, uh, the prose of George R. R. Martin. I'm not the huge, biggest fan of. It's very kind of, kind of simple. Not very poetic. There's very, uh, it's it's written kind of like a historian would write a book, if that makes sense. It's. Uh, it's which I think is part of it. Again, I'm pretty sure a maester in the universe is writing these books, or that's how George is presenting it. That's certainly how the supplemental material of A Song of Ice and Fire is presented. And what else? Oh yeah, but 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 okay. So the characters. Let's compare the characters from this to Lord of the Rings. The characters are much deeper, d- way deeper in A Song of Ice and Fire than Lord of the Rings. You hear their inner thoughts. You you identify with them. You even the evil ones. The evil ones. You you kind of understand why they're doing some of the evil stuff that they're doing. Unlike as whereas in Lord of the Rings, you're just like, okay, this guy's evil, and he's evil. He's evil incarnate. He is by his pure evil nature, nothing but evil, and that's all he'll ever be. And yeah. But yeah, in Lord of the, in uh, Song of Ice and Fire, like a lot of the characters are very relatable. A lot of uh, George R. R. Martin, he's very good as well. So uh, 
there's a huge element of families and houses, uh, as well as a huge element of family dynamics written into um, A Song of Ice and Fire, um, both with, I guess, children and adults and amongst adults only. So you got, like, a family of three brothers, the Baratheon brothers. You have uh, a large family of mixed um, genders, the Starks. Uh, you have kind of a small family with the Lannisters. Uh, a lot of, you know, you got twins there. You have uh, half-brothers and distant cousins and, you know, like a mom and daughter relationship, a father and son relationship, a, a you know, a half uncle twice removed relationship and I and I feel George writes these dynamics amazingly it's uh it's it's one of the strong suits of the series I think one of the shortcomings of the series like I said the prose doesn't feel very it's you know it's 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 decent it's it's but it's not it's not like Pulitzer Prize winning writing um uh oh let's talk about the magic system magic system is cool so magic in the game of in the song of ice and fire universe it's kind of secondary to the family dynamics and as well as to the political plotting um so you know there are dragons there's witches there's uh you know ice zombies there's uh people coming back from the dead there's magical you know, hypnosis techniques. There's... What else? Um, you know, so some guys that seem magical, but it's kind of downplayed. The whole magic system's downplayed, and it's not very central, whereas magic in Lord of the Rings is... Uh, it's pretty central. Like, the, the rings, powers, the dragons, the Gandalf's abilities, they're all kind of in your face. And, and in the third series that I'm talking about today, the Malazan Book of the Fallen, the magic is everywhere. It's, it's in your face. It's all over. There are portals to other worlds. There are these things called warrens, which people can open up and release whatever the nature of the warren is. Kind of like in Wu Assassins, if anyone knows what that is. And... And yeah, you know, there are gods. The, this is, and again, in Malazan, I'm talking about there's gods. There, people can become gods. There's ascendants. There's, uh, you know, immortal people. There's people that have been alive for 100,000 years. And yeah, it's, that's, that's the magic system comparison. Uh, the world, the world of A Song of Ice and Fire now. So we're back to the Game of Thrones. Uh, the world is amazing. It's enormous. It's much, I guess, bigger than Middle-earth. Middle-earth is the world of uh, Lord of the Rings. And it's based on actual places. So it's based on... Uh, so Westeros is England, or I guess the United Kingdom. Essos is Europe. Um, and there's a, two other minor continents that I guess weren't, aren't really worth mentioning right now because the books don't haven't taken place there yet at all. They're only kind of mentioned in passing. But the world, the world is amazing. It's uh, he describes his world building abilities are are unbelievable. They're just as good as Tolkien. 
And I'm going to say that's also true of Steven Erickson. Steven Erickson is who wrote the Malazan Book of the Fall, and the third one I'm going to get into. That world is also it's even bigger than the world of ice and, f- and the world of a song of ice and fire. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the plot of Game of Thrones is amazing. The characters are amazing. Uh, the dialogue is really good. There's a lot of really cool life lessons about just. Uh, about just life in general, about politics, about backstabbing, about history, about... uh, uh, There's a lot of themes throughout it. Uh, A huge one is life isn't fair and that the world doesn't really care about you that much and bad things happen to good people and, and I guess bad people get away with doing bad things all the time uh, is a big theme. A Song of Ice and Fire is unique in the ones that I'm going over right now because it's not complete, uh, which, you know, it's it's hard to pass judgment on something that isn't complete. But um, while Malazan, the third one I'm going to get to, is complete, I am not finished reading it. I'm on book six of ten of that one. But I already, like, I, f- I feel like I lo- know and love it enough that... That I guess I can I guess comment on it in a capacity good enough to compare it. So what else about A Song of Ice and Fire? Oh yeah, the plot. The plot's really cool. The plot's complicated. It's got a lot of reread value. These books all have reread value, but uh, I feel like A Song of Ice and Fire has more than than Lord of the Rings and Malazan Book of the Fallen has even more than. A Song of Ice and Fire. So there's a lot of people complain about George's, um, I guess, long-winded descriptions of the, f- I guess, the food, especially in the world. Uh, he goes on and on and on because it's a lot of royal families. They have, you know, lots of money um, and lots of resources, so they have a lot of good food. I personally believe this is to contrast something that is coming later in the series which hasn't happened yet so no one knows but I don't want to give anything else away so I'm going to move on to Malazan Book of the Fallen now Malazan Book of the Fallen is written by Stephen Erickson a Canadian author and this is a whole different beast than the other two if you thought A Song of Ice and Fire was complicated this is that on drugs there's no Oh yeah, there's no obvious exposition. Again, that trope of the innocent hobbit leaving the Shire, or like Luke Skywalker farm boy leaving Tatooine, that's also present in A Song of Ice and Fire. In it was, it's the Stark children that leave, that leave Winterfell and come down to King's Landing and are kind of exposed to everything for the first time. Uh, John going north to the Wall is again, you know, he's reluctant sort of to go there but he goes there and he's there for the first time and you being exposed them being exposed to these new environments and asking all these questions about them kind of mirrors the reader's experience of of also being there for the first time so again on rereads i feel like that kind of takes it away i haven't reread Malazan Book of the Fallen because I haven't finished it first. I've read A Song of Ice and Fire twice and Roller of the Rings twice. So I can say on rereads those you definitely pick up new things. 
but I could see, like, if I wanted to, I don't think I will, but if I wanted to reread Malazan, I could do it probably four or five times, uh, just out of sheer pleasure and out of noticing new things. Some of the stuff that I uh, read about online that I would I would have never noticed, never in these books. Um, the world building again, amazing. The characters, uh, unreal. Um, they're all, you know, there's a lot of badasses. There's a lot of simpletons. There's um, uh, if you think there's a lot of characters in A Song of Ice and Fire, there are far more in Lord of the Ring or in Malazan Book of the Fallen, uh, and the world is a lot bigger. Yeah, the, the and the magic system, it's a lot... It's less straightforward than the other two worlds. Uh, you don't really know the rules of everything, and it's, I think, deliberately kept mysterious. But that's, again, one of the cool things. Um, the magic system's super complicated. There's other worlds. There's, you know, other dimensions that the characters go to and explore and use as things there's teleportation there's you can become a god you can you know create things out of midair you can uh become invisible you can make people forget there are dragons there are people that can turn into dragons there are massive reptilian raptors with uh swords for arms uh and yeah other stuff that I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil it if anyone chooses to read these books. The prose. Erickson's prose. Oh my god. Okay, so I believe this series deserves to be held in esteem of like uh, Brothers Karamazov by uh, Dostoevsky or other, you know, like like George Orwell books, Frankenstein. Like he's the, it's, it's a pleasure to read. Like you can tell this man is a genius it's poetic he describes his writing as he he was a short story writer before this and the first book was initially meant to be a movie and he says he writes in a kind of cinematic sense and i totally see it like he would write something like oh like two shadowy figures appeared off in the distance they came over here so you know that kind of feels and reads like a movie scene would it's 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 good it's 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 really amazing uh so i again i have not finished this series but i can already tell that i'm reading something very special uh it's cool that um oh yeah and there are a ton of different races a ton of different types of beings there are like the tist edor the tist andy uh and the tist leosan there are these kind of like elf from lord of the rings type creatures there are like the Maranth, these kind of bug people, the Talani Mass, or the Bone people. Uh, there's humans. There are the Forkrilla Sile, which are these kind of like weird, tall, skinny, multi-jointed, immortal guys. There's the Kachain Chamal, who are those raptor things. Um, and there are, who else? The Toblakai, which are these massive kind of like sort of ogre kind of guys, but not really. Um, uh, it's it's good stuff, honestly. It's it's really amazing. Also, but this this author throws you right in the middle of of all of this, of the world, of the characters. Of uh, there's very little exposition. You know, in Lord of the Rings, you'll see a scene. A guy will come into a an inn and start talking to the bartender and the bartender's like oh i'm this guy son of that guy son of this 
and I just came here from this and I did this and I used to do that and my reason for being is here and kind of give you a whole biography blurb uh, which isn't for the other character to hear it's for the reader to hear um, and it's, it's kind of it's not a natural way of speaking like I don't know about you but when I go talk to someone I know at a bar I don't I don't give a full backstory of who I am. Um, and Steven Erickson, yeah, so he doesn't do this. He, you know, the people talk. The, the characters talk like like you and I would talk, like anyone would talk at a, a bar and not necessarily give away all their backstory right away, at least. So that's really cool. And and the plot, the plot's really cool. It's It's not... <laughs> It's not predictable. I feel like the Lord of the Rings plot is... The Song of Ice and Fire one definitely is not, and the Malazan one also is not. Um, the Maliz- or Song of Ice and Fire kind of subverts expectations plot-wise, but still has a ton of tropes in it. Uh, the Malazan book of... Sorry, uh, sorry that what I said was about Song of Ice and Fire. So it has a ton of tropes, but the plot is somewhat unpredictable. Uh, the plot in Lord of the Rings is <laughs> hugely predictable, kind of, and is full of tropes, but it kind of created those tropes, so we can't be mad at it for having them, because they weren't tropes, of course, at the time. Malazan Book of the Fallen has no tropes in it at all, and is very unpredictable, and is kind of unlike anything that I have ever read, and it's very dense, it's very, you know, things are introduced in the first book and not revisited until the sixth a lot of the stuff you're seeing, you don't know what it really is at the time or the relevance of it. Uh, I feel like this also may have been the case for A Song of Ice and Fire. However, I started reading that one after having seen the show. So all the characters are, you know, they're cast in your mind. They, they're, you know, it's it's easier to follow. You know who's related to whom. Uh... Whereas in Malazan, especially I guess in the first read, you're you're lost. You have to spam the dramatis personae to see to remember who everyone is. Uh, there are hundreds of characters, and the and the point of view in uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, so the Game of Thrones one, uh, you you always know whose point of view it is. It's the la- the chapters are very clearly labeled. Oh, this is John. This is a Daenerys chapter. This is Tyrion, but. The Malazan one, the Malazan world, it jumps back and forth between points of view all the time. Sometimes very quickly, sometimes jarringly quickly. Uh, like sometimes a character will get a f- one or two paragraphs and it'll go back to another one. Uh, and sometimes the other character that it goes back to is also doing a kind of jump in time. So you'll see a character sneaking around on rooftops on a secret mission and he'll all of a sudden see or f- see few arrows just barely miss him and hit the wall and then it'll switch to the other character's point of view and it'll start kind of before that happened so it'll say oh this character was you know descending from the sky landed on this tower pulled out his crossbow and shot this character and just missed so not only are you dealing with constant times or character point of view switches uh there's also time jumps which are you know they're not everywhere but they're there Um, Also, chronologically, uh, Lord of the Rings is all chronological. There's no really going back except for a few, I guess, flashback info dumps. 
Um, A Song of Ice and Fire, it's also chronological. Books four and five happen simultaneously, but that's, you know, it's still going forward. Uh, Malazan is less so. It's, uh, it's the majority of the series is chronological, but like book five, for example, happens before everything else in the first four. Um, some prologues are, you know, hundreds of thousands of years in the past, and it's less, mm, less, less linear. It's still like stylistically rhythmic and kind of flows nicely and makes sense to present it that way. Um, but it's, it's less, uh, you know, it's, it's harder. It's more demanding of the reader. The reader also in this series in Malazan I'm talking about now has to kind of fill in a lot of gaps themselves. Not everything is super fleshed out. Um, you know, a lot of some of a lot of the dragon stuff are kind of behind the scenes. A lot of the romance happens off screen, uh, which I personally like. I think that's cool. That's one of those tropes that's kind of subverted in um, in fantasy by this by by Steve. And uh, what else? What else can I compare? I'm not going to compare like surface crap, like cover art. And oh yeah, the characters. So the characters are really cool. There's uh, the another theme. Okay, so there's no really female characters at all in Lord of the Rings. There's like Galadriel and stuff like that, but she's kind of minor, and it's it's there's not much to talk about there. In A Song of Ice and Fire, there's tons of them. And tons of really good female characters. Like Cersei's a great character. Arya's good. Sansa's great. Uh, Marjorie's cool. Daenerys is very interesting. Um, it's it's cool. It's 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 cool to see. And like uh, George R. R. Martin writes women very well. Not being a woman, I don't know if this is how true this is, but it seems like it like it is. Um, However, in that universe, women play a very secondary role the majority of the time because it's it's a patriarchy. It's um, they don't have a lot of rights, uh, with a few exceptions, of course, like the high up royalties. But but yeah, the women don't have a lot of rights. Whereas in Malazan, Book of the Fallen, there it doesn't appear to be any real sexism in that universe. And like the Empress, for example, the emperor of the whole Malazan Empire is a woman. Uh, there's tons of badass female characters. Um, they're not women. Don't they're not oppressed really in any way. Like yeah, there's like all the like you know rape happens. Uh, it also happens in Lord in A Song of Ice and Fire because uh, these two, Sesso Malazan and A Song of Ice and Fire, explore a lot of those themes, like very kind of darker themes of humanity and darker themes of war, whereas. Uh, Lord of the Rings doesn't really. It's it's still more meant for kids. And again, at the time in the fifties, you couldn't really write about that. Um, you know, like I don't know, starvation due to war, economics, and you know, rape and pillaging and horrible torture, which you definitely have in A Song of Ice and Fire and of Malazan Book of the Fallen. Malazan Book of the Fallen also explores a lot of crazy concepts like an immortal being imprisoned under a rock for a hundred thousand years and just having to lay there thinking for that long kind of like a black mirror episode also it's oh yeah there's yeah there's 
cool. There's there's gay characters in A Song of Ice and Fire and Malazan and gay, like, badass characters. Whereas there isn't in Lord of the Rings, which, again, obvious reasons, it's a different time. But yeah, so I would recommend any of these series to anyone. If you're a kid or young, start with Lord of the Rings, then go to Song of Ice and Fire, and then go to Malazan. Uh, I wouldn't recommend Malazan for a beginner fantasy reader, just because of the it's it's hard. There's a learning curve. Um, like I consider myself a pretty smart guy, but for the first 300 pages of the first book, I barely had any idea what's going on. By the third book. I kind of had a grasp on the world and the characters and knew who was who was what but still I still I was like what the hell like what the hell did I just read some of the times you have to reread stuff um you have to kind of like with this one you kind of have to look online sometimes and look up like what the what the what what did I just read what did I just read four times and still not understand um so if you don't like doing that, maybe that's not for you, but the writing, it's just the prose is beautiful. Like, uh, uh, maybe in future episodes, I'll bust out the book and read some part. You know what? Actually, I'll read some parts right now. Um, <clears throat> so this is of book six. This isn't really a spoiler part, but I, let me just find it here in two seconds. So this is just setting a scene. <clears throat> Uh, so, rivulets of water, reeking of urine, trickled down the steps leading to Coop's Hanged Man Inn, one of the score of disreputable taverns in the dock quarter city of Malas City that Banaskar, once a priest of Drek, was now in the habit of frequenting. Whatever details had once existed in his mind to distinguish one such place from another had since faded, the dyke of his resolve rotted through by frustration and a growing panic poisonous enough to immobilize him in spirit if not in flesh and the ensuing deluge was surprisingly comforting even as the waters rose even higher little different he observed as he negotiated the treacherous mold-slimed steps from this cursed rain or so the longtime locals called it despite the clear sky view overhead Mostly rain comes down, they said, but occasionally it comes up, seeping through the crumbling cobbles of the quarter, transforming such beneath-ground establishments as coops into a swampy quagmire, the entrance guarded by a whining cloud of mosquitoes and the stench of overflowed sewers wafting about so thick that the old-timers announced its arrival as they would an actual person miserably named Stink, greeted if not welcomed into already sordid company. And most sordid was Maniscar's company these days. Veterans who avoided sobriety as if it was a curse. Whores who'd long since hawked their hearts of gold if they'd ever even had them in the first place. Scrawny youths with the host of appropriately modest ambitions. Meanest thug in his skine of fetid streets and alleys. Master thief for those few belongings the poor possessed. Nastiest backstabber with at least fifty knots on their wrist strings, each knot honoring someone foolish enough to trust them. And of course, the usual assortment of bodyguards and muscle whose brains had, had been deprived of air at some point in their lives. Smugglers and would-be smugglers, informants and the imperial spies to whom they informed. Spies spying on the spies, hawkers of innumerable substances, users of self-same substances on their way to the oblivion of the abyss, and here and there, people for whom no category was possible, since they gave away nothing of their lives, their histories, their secrets. 
In a way, Banisgar was one such person on, on the better days. Other times, such as this one, he could make no claim to possible, if improbable, grandiosity. This afternoon, then, he had clearly come to Coops with the aim of stretching the night ahead as far as he could, well lubricated, of course, which would in turn achieve an overlong and hopelessly entire, hopefully entirely blissful period of unconsciousness in one of the lice-infested rat traps above the tavern. So yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I can picture that tavern very well. Just from that, it feels disgusting, uh, but also like a place full of interesting people. And definitely a place I would want to explore further as a reader, not as a patron. Yeah, so that's my comparison there. Uh, I would recommend all of these books for everyone. Um in the order that I said. I've, you know, I learned a lot about, I guess, just reading in Lord of the Rings as a kid, but I learned a lot about the world and people and their behavior from the other ones, from A Song of Ice and Fire and Malazan. Oh yeah, one more thing. Steven Erickson, the author, the author of Malazan, Book of the Fallen, he, uh, he's an anthropologist and an archaeologist, and both of these things, uh, you know, his writing reeks of it. The anthropology the, the, the customs of people, the behavior of people, and the archaeology, um, it's, it's all there, and it's all, it's cool. It's, you learn, you learn cool concepts from a man that clearly knows about people and about how the way the world works. And the, the same is true for A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, so once again, I recommend all of these books. I hope you try them all, or, or if you just learn something from this podcast i'm going to wrap it up here thanks for listening everybody uh, and this has been mark